there are some things I like about it, but it's kind of vanilla and, and doesn't get very exciting. And it just, there was really no upward mobility. It kind of lost its luster to me at that point. Want to make meaningful work that pays well possible for you? Well, guess what? This is an episode of our disappearing series on career happiness. What does that mean? Well, every day this week, we're going to be sharing actual examples of people like you that have made massive changes in their lives. Every day will be a different story, a brand new glimpse into how this career change process works. Every day, a new episode, but then guess what? They disappear. So you'll need to listen to them now before they're gone. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. What if you were literally stuck in your job? Not because you couldn't leave. And not because it was a terrible situation. By the way, I'm using air quotes for terrible. But instead, because if you left, you didn't know what else you'd do. I had this doubt that I would be taken seriously in a different industry. Because it really was an industry shift for me. So I was very scared about being taken seriously. And are they just going to think, you know, I am just some nut that just wants to do this just because and I have no experience. That's Christy Wendt. She started a marketing and communications company a while back, yeah, a number of years ago. And at first, it was awesome. It was everything she wanted. It was challenging her in all of the right ways. And then, one day, she found she was hitting the snooze button, and she'd never done that in her entire life. She knew she was going to need to leave. She knew she was going to need to do something different. But seriously, what else would she do? If not this... Then what? And that's where we got the opportunity to meet her. Here's her story of exactly how she went from listening to this very podcast and all the way to getting her own job offer created for her, working in wine and tourism, and most of all, writing and communications. Here's her story. I am officially the chief communications officer with winetraveler.com. And it's sort of a hybrid of roles. It kind of involves operations as well as kind of a chief of staff angle and obviously the communications piece. So it's really kind of a self-created role that I designed with the CEO of the company. And it's been fantastic so far. I've been at it for about a month here and things are going really well. I'm very excited and thoroughly happy for the first time in my career, um, perhaps in my life. (laughs) No small effort on your part. I know that. We got to take along for the ride and participate on the journey, but you've done some really amazing work. And we're going to talk about what went into that, both the good things and maybe the harder things too <laughs> at the same time. But let me first of all, just say congratulations, because I don't think you and I have actually talked since it has happened other than over email. So exactly, exactly. The official. Yeah. <laughs> After I rang the bell, we got to ring that awesome bell. Woohoo. Pretty awesome. Yay. And here's the thing that I wanted to ask you about first. Why was this such an exciting role for you? What about it really lined up with what you wanted? Because you did some amazing work identifying what would create an ideal career for you. But this lines up in so many different ways. So what are some of those ways? 
Oh, there's so many. I mean, it really kind of ticks all my buckets. I love travel. I love wine. I like history and culture. So I knew that that had to be a part, or I, I wanted that to be a part of whatever I did. Yeah. I also needed something that was going to be flexible and allow me to work remotely, kind of on my own hours. You know, I put in a lot of time, but it's at my schedule, which is wonderful especially as a mom. So that was a huge piece for me. And this really allows me to do all of that. I get to write, I get to be a manager, I get to jump in with ideas, I have a seat at the table and work with a a dynamic group of people that are are really amazing. And that was important to me as well. Just working with like-minded people, people with similar values, and kind of had the same goals and missions that I did. And this really, everything fell into line. And I honestly did not think it was possible even six months ago. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's insane. But it all really came together and fits everything so far. That is so amazing. And we hear that same thing too. Like, you know, when people enter our world, they hope it's possible. And I think that you did too. You had this hope that this could be a reality. But a lot of times, you know, as we get the opportunity to meet people, I don't know that we entirely believe it's possible. And it sounds like that was true for you too. Exactly. There was definitely the hope that it would be possible. And even if you know I got some of the pieces, it would have been better than where I was. So i hopeful that there'd be something that I could take from it, but not expecting really to have all my box checked off. I mean, that really just kind of blows me away still. I pinch myself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so phenomenal. But it wasn't like prior to six months ago. And even before that, you know, this was far, far from a reality. And what I'm curious for you is, first of all, what led up to even wanting to make this change in the first place? Because you haven't always done this exact same sort of thing, certainly in this way. So where did, first of all, your career start and what sent you down this path to eventually wanting to make this type of change too? Help me understand that. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started in-house marketing decades ago. And then eventually led to public relations. And I worked for a small boutique agency. I liked it at the time. It was exciting. It was new. I learned a lot, made some fantastic connections and ended up staying in that industry for 20 years and eventually owning my own business in that industry. So it was interesting to have my own company and be able to design that in a way that fit my lifestyle, but it wasn't satisfying enough for me, if that makes sense. In what way? I'm curious. I eventually kind of learned as much as I could learn, (laughs) kind of hit a wall there, and there was nowhere for me to advance anymore. I could take on new clients and new projects, so I still had diversity, but it was in an industry that, frankly, is not very exciting to me. There are some things I like about it, but it's kind of vanilla and doesn't get very exciting. And it just, there was really no upward mobility. It kind of blustered to me at that point. And the thing that held me to it was the flexibility that I had. I was able to work from home and work with people I wanted to work with in in terms of my own company. Clients were a a different story, but the flexibility is really what kept me going. I was able to work from home, be with my kids while they were young, and that just really made a huge difference in my life. And it wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, we had some amazing vacations. We had, you know, time at home with the kids. And so it really, and I still was able to kind of keep up with my career and have a role that I was content with. I wouldn't say happy with, but I was content with. And then... Gosh, it was about, I think, 2015. I really kind of started to realize, you know, this isn't really what I wanted to do. What caused you to realize that? I had an opportunity to go in-house with a client a couple days a week. And the first year of that was, it was so thrilling and exciting. I was creating a marketing department. They had one, but it was really 
you know, low production, low morale. They were losing people left and right. And so I got to come in and own something and turn it around and turn it into a successful program. And that was, I loved it. I was, you know, out with people in downtown and that was all very exciting. But again, in that same industry that I was kind of getting tired of. So I knew that I needed something more and this gave me a little bit of that. And so I kind of wanted to start exploring. And that time we were actually leaving for a sabbatical in Europe. And I knew I was going to be gone for seven months. So thought that this would be a great opportunity to kind of really explore things, come back and know what I wanted to do. And of course, that didn't happen. I went over there with high expectations of I'm going to have that aha moment and I'm going to come back and know exactly what I'm going to do. And I didn't. (laughs) Well, let me ask you about that, though, because we encounter a lot of people that want to take a sabbatical and feel that same way going into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the ones that do actually go forward, they feel that same way. Like if I just create the time and space, then I'm going to get that aha moment or that clarity, or then I'll be able to you know immediately come back. But almost all of them that we talk to, you know, before and after that have done that, <laughs> just gone on and done that without anything else in there kind of have the similar type experience. They don't have the clarity or don't have the aha moment if they're just going over there expecting that to take care of itself. So I'm curious what your experience was and why you thought that was, that you didn't come back with that aha moment. It's a good question. I don't know why I didn't come back with that. I mean, the experience is definitely amazing. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was difficult being in foreign places with small kids. And as a family, the four of us were always together all the time, really didn't have any breaks from each other. So it was a really intense kind of experiment as a family. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. We met amazing people, had so many fantastic experiences learning about different cultures and histories. So we had a lot of amazing things out of it. Intense is the right word, by the way. That is, Alyssa and I use the same word when we have traveled with our kids in the past for you know, right. a month it, or it six weeks at a time. <laughs> yes, it's amazing and also intense. Right. Yeah. And there are yeah, moments you wouldn't trade for the world. And then others, you're like, why are we doing this? Are we insane? <laughs> like, it's just, it was nuts. But it was almost like hitting pause on life for a minute. You know, we kind of got to take a break from all of our responsibilities and schools and activities and things like that. And we really just got to hit pause and be together. So that part was amazing. I expect that I would have more time to kind of dive into my inner workings and figure out exactly what I wanted to do and do some, you know, major thought work and what areas I really wanted to come back and what I like. And I did do some of that. I kind of was able to pull out of myself things I knew needed to be a part of my career. Like I knew I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to communicate with people. I knew I wanted to somehow be involved in food and wine and travel if I could, because I love how it brings people together. Yeah. So I knew that that needed to be a part of it. I didn't know what it looked like at all. And so when I came back and I found myself doing my same things again, you know, back at my same job, back at, you know, our same routines, that's when it, it really kind of hit me that I didn't have that aha moment. I'm still, I'm back to where I left and I don't want to be here. And at that point it it turned ugly for me. (laughs) You know, to be honest, it, I was not in a good space. It was, you know, I had some depression. I had some resentments and anger and it all stemmed from this fact that I didn't figure it out and I'm still here and how am I ever going to get out of this place? And so it got ugly for a little bit and it was a struggle and it took a while for me to, kind of get a hold of myself and say, okay, I need to do something about this, that I can do something about this. And I would have starts and stops and I'd go get some books and read about things I could do. And then I would start to do some things and 
get sidetracked and then just be like, oh, it's just a waste of my time anyway. I've got too much going on. And, you know, it's easy to distract yourself. So I found myself getting involved in things that weren't fulfilling, but kept me busy. And for the next, I would say until this spring, really, I I had lots of starts and stops. And then I hit a point this spring where I just decided, time's up, I've got to do something. And I'm the only one that can make it happen. Like people around me can support me and I can find resources to help me, but I need to take that step and stay committed to it. And I did. It's been fantastic since. Do you remember, if anything, was there one or a series of things that caused you to eventually have that realization that, hey, nobody else in the world is going to do this for me and I need to do it and stick with it? And what finally happened that caused you to have that? I'm going to call that an aha moment, but maybe it actually wasn't. Right. Yeah. It was probably more of a somebody beating me over the head moment <laughs> before I actually like realized what was happening. Yeah. I had gotten so stressed to the point it had started to affect my physical health. I was having back pain and neck pain and all kinds of random pains. So then started worrying that I was sick and through this whole cycle and, and it was stress. It was just really stress. And so it really kind of took a hammer over the head to get my body to just had to say stop. For me to step back and say, nope, this is, I need to address it or I'm going to end up sick and miserable. And I really didn't want that. So it was a combination of that. And then I was doing some dabbling and some part-time work and that wasn't going where I wanted it to go. And I just had this moment where I was on a trip. I was doing things I liked. I was traveling. I was working in food and wine, but something still wasn't right. And I was on one of the trips and I almost just started crying as I was walking down the street. And that's completely unlike me. Yeah. And I thought, it's time. Like everything is just lining up. This isn't working. I need to actually sit down and make a decision. And my husband and I took a weekend away in March, I think it was, and talked about things. And we had been saving up and kind of getting ourselves in line for me to be able to take some time and do some research and really figure this out. And so we decided it it was time to do it. And it so happened. And this was kind of a weird coincidental thing. It always is, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I had reached out to you in 2015, I remember, and did initial work on what you want in your career. Yes. And had since then been signed up to the emails, but I believe they were going into my spam or I hadn't seen them in a long time. And honestly, after that weekend away with my husband, it popped into my inbox again. And it was the boot camp email that it was the last day to sign up for boot camp. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, there we go. And talked to my husband and he's absolutely do it. Just sign up. And that was it. (laughs) So there were a lot of things that led into it, but it was that email just showing up that day right after we had had that conversation that it was just like, okay, this is time. I'm on the right path. Well, I think what is amazing about that though, Christy, is it was not a small series of events that led up to you creating the right time and space for you to be open to owning it in a completely different way than what you had before and looking at it through a different lens than what you had before. And exactly all honesty, like it looks different for everybody in terms of like the journey to get to that point, but you've done a phenomenal job in getting to that point. And clearly it was not always easy. And many times it was rough to even get to the point where you were ready to look at things differently. Exactly. It's a mind shift. I mean, you really have to be ready to kind of change the way you think about things in a lot of respects. And that's not easy to do. (laughs) Definitely not easy to do. What do you think was the hardest part for you to have that mind shift? Or what do you think was the element that was the most impactful, but maybe difficult for you in terms of what that mind shift actually looked like for you? 
I think the hardest part was convincing myself that I could do it, that I was smart enough to do it, and that I was capable enough to do it. Because I had been doing the same thing for so long, I had this doubt that I would be taken seriously in a different industry or kind of, because it really was an industry shift for me. So I was very scared about being taken seriously. And are they just going to think, you know, I am just some nut that just wants to do this just because, and I have no experience. That was the biggest shift, I think, in, in my mind that I had to, and going through the program, it really helped me to kind of outline all the, the accomplishments and all the things that I have done and look at them in different ways that they don't just, I don't know which step it was, but where you have to list out all the things you've done. And then it wasn't just about stating your responsibility, but as a result of that responsibility, what came from that? What successes did you create? What impact did you have? And once I started to draw all that out, it was really kind of able to see, well, I could apply that to all these other different industries as well. It's not just this industry. And I actually have done a lot of things. And once I started to put it all down, it really kind of helped me to see that I do have value and can bring value to some to a new company in a new industry that I have ideas and intelligence and thoughts and I can apply it all somewhere else. But I think it was just getting over that fear of doing something different and doing something out of my routine and not something I had normally done or even thought about doing. So getting over that fear was probably the biggest shift I had to make. And I remember going through it, it, it would, when we had to write, you know, what's going to be the thing that derails you through this process? I knew it was going to be fear at some point that that was going to get me. And it did. I, there was I, probably a good three or four week period where I really just kind of avoided the program altogether. It was like, nope, no, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And just kind of started to go in that stop mode again and had a call with my coach. And after I hung up the call, it was like, I just felt that energy and excitement again. I was like, nope, I got to keep moving. Like, I just have to keep the momentum going. It's when I slow down that the fears can start taking over my thoughts. So I just have to keep going. And I did. And it was shortly after that, that everything else manifested and the job offer and all this stuff. And it all came together very quickly after that. But again, those starts and stops and the fear can just really start to get into the thoughts and into the mindset when you're not moving forward when you're slowed down, it's, it's easy for that to kind of take over and fill you with the self-doubt again. What you just said, I don't know if people, as they hear that, will realize how meaningful and impactful that actually is. And I just want to take a moment and repeat it because that's one of the things as we delve into the science behind this stuff that causes people to propel themselves forward and actually do things that they previously thought were impossible. And one of the things that you just said was it was the continuously moving forward and rolling forward that allowed you to move past the fear. And we talk a lot behind the scenes on our team about how do we help people build momentum and how do we get rid of all the things that stop them from building that momentum? Because momentum is the surest way to allow you to move past fear, but it's also, when it stops, the surest way to allow those fears to creep back in. And it sounds so simple, but and certainly there's more to it than just that, but it's one big element that we've seen as people feel like they're moving forward and are actually taking steps forward, even if it's small, and creating that momentum, then all of a sudden, yeah, well, not all of a sudden, but <laughs> it gets you there. Right. It, yeah. And one way or another, it may not be a straight road, but it's certainly going to move you. <laughs> when I read something somewhere at some point in all of my research, and it was something about you can't catch the wind until you hoist the sail. And that Ooh. just stuck with me. Like, I've got to have my sail up so that I can catch it. And I have to, no matter how small the step, I have to keep doing things every day, whether it's just 
updating my LinkedIn or contacting somebody that I worked with a long time ago that I can reach out to and connect with again. And just all those little steps, just even if it was just one thing a day to be able to kind of, you know, just putting one foot in front of the other and keep moving. And there were days that was hard. There were days, you know, you were faced with rejection and it made me want to go backwards. Like somebody would say, no, I don't want to talk to you about that. And, you know, you can't take it personally, but it's hard not to. Yes. <laughs> and so those types of things are in there too. So it's hard. You need to say, okay, nope, but I, but this other one worked. And so I'm just going to keep moving. And, but it's not a straight line and it's not easy. And you do face those rejections and those moments that don't make you feel good. But I was a big believer in celebrating every little small victory, no matter how small, even if it was just calling someone I was scared to call, like that was a celebration because I picked up the phone and I did it. So I made sure to kind of reward myself along the way for the little steps too, because it made a difference and kind of reinforce the positive things that I was doing. What did you do to reward yourself? Give me a couple examples of what you would do big or small to reward yourself. Cause I think that's important. A lot of people don't think about that being a vital part of the process. Oh, exactly. Typically it would involve opening a good bottle of wine. Usually the ones that we'd reserve for special occasions would be like, this is a special occasion. I'm going to do it. Going for a massage, going into a spa, you know, just little things I could do that way. Even just getting outside for a walk in the middle of the day, just to, you know, if it was sunny outside and just go be in the sun and so anything and things that I would enjoy that would make me happy that I normally wouldn't take the time to do because I'd be so obsessed on trying to find what I wanted to do or getting lost in it and just kind of taking a few moments to, you know, allow myself to do something I really like and enjoy the moment. So it was a combination of a lot of different things, but I would say the most common was digging into our wine cellar from our, our trip to Europe and all the bottles that we had saved. And that was a lot of fun to kind of go through along the way as well. Well, I am a fan of that type of celebration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you and I celebrate similarly. Yes. Yep. And I think my husband enjoyed it. He was along for the ride. So <laughs> he wasn't complaining about opening those bottles. It's like another bottle? Well, okay. All yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every success. Definitely worth it. Oh, that's fantastic. So I'm curious, you know, through this entire journey, I would love to talk to you about you came back from your sabbatical knowing a few of the elements that you wanted to carry forward with you into your next role. And I think it's an important distinction here because just like you said earlier, like you stayed a long period of time because you didn't want to give up that flexibility. But when we work with people, we think about it through a different mindset. We're thinking about it as how do we carry forward the things that we want to keep with us like that flexibility? And then how do we bring into it those other things that we're missing in one way or another after we identified with them? So you came back identifying a couple of those pieces and then did some great work to identify the other pieces that you need too. But then once you had identified that, what did you do in order to begin to experiment with where you could create this type of career or where you would belong? Good question. I kind of went down a couple different paths. At the time, I was writing a monthly article for Wine Traveler. And so I was already kind of connected with them. And I knew that they were had a lot of things in the works, a lot of plans. And the more I would talk to them, the more I would kind of give feedback and engage with the CEO. And, and we'd have a lot of great conversations. So that door was already open. However, I really, I did not envision anything happening there other than I was just contributing articles, which I enjoyed doing. It always sounds obvious in hindsight. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't even know if they would have any available positions because it is a startup. It is the very beginning stages being kind of the company that it is. 
And I wasn't even sure what opportunities were there, if there were any, and if I would even be considered for that. That one started more as a kind of a subconscious Goldilocks experiment, I guess. I think it's the Goldilocks one. Yeah. And for a little bit of context, for people who may not know what that is, you can go back and listen to our designing experiments episode on the podcast. But within Career Change Bootcamp, one of the things that we do is we help people validate the road that they're going down. And the Goldilocks is being able to talk to a variety of different people and organizations and like, this chair is too big, this corner office is too small, that sort of type of thing. And being able to find what is the right fit by getting continuous feedback and building relationships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I started doing some of that with, with him. And then I also started doing it with some of my clients, my existing clients, and talking with them about different roles in their organizations and talking with people that are in communications for in the industry I was currently in and just really kind of feeling people out and getting a sense of what's out there. I also connected with some people that really have been mentors over my career and kind of my cheerleaders and talked with them about what are some ideas you have that maybe I haven't thought of? Because there's just things out there that you don't even know exist or maybe already have been in your consciousness. So how can you think about them if you don't know? And so in talking to other people, you know, they would give me ideas that I could consider. And from that, I started to pull out the ones I would get excited about or the pieces of each of these roles that I found rewarding or that I knew I would enjoy. And then a picture started to kind of take shape for the first time in my life of exactly what I wanted to do. You know, I always told my kids, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I, you know, I still don't know. But going through this, I really was able to kind of create that vision of who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And when I would think about it, the excitement I would feel, I mean, it was just tangible. And so I knew if I was on the right path. And a lot of it had to do with just kind of testing the waters and talking to lots of different people and kind of just working through this whole process of exactly down to the minutia of, you know, do I want to commute? Do I want how many hours a week do I want in the office? Is, is it important that I, have, that I manage people or how am I going to work? And that was actually one of the biggest concerns for me is can I work for someone being as I've had my own company for such a long time? Yes. Are you employable anymore? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, am I going to be able to be an employee or, you know, how is that going to be to have that kind of a relationship again? So that was interesting kind of testing all of that out. And it just really, it was a matter of going in and just, like you said, is this chair too big? Is this chair too, like, what the fit for me? And it, it, I was able to really kind of define everything after that process. What was one of those conversations that stood out in your mind that you had along the way through the social Goldilocks type experimentation that was particularly helpful? And, and I'm going to ask you, what made it so helpful? Oh, that's a good question. Think about my conversations. I think probably the one that had the most impact on me was with one mentor in particular. And she was former client and the one that I had actually gone and worked in-house for a few days a week. And she had been my superior in that role. And I just really respect her. I mean, her whole career path, she has really created for herself and, and continually created positions for herself to get her where she is. And she's a huge champion of supporting people along the way. She want, you know, If you don't like your job, she wants to help you find something that you will like. So she really always had a positive kind of inspirational effect on me. We went to lunch one day and I told her I had started this process and I had no idea what, where it was going to go and what it was going to look like. And she just really reinforced for me. She's like, well, here's all the things I think you're good at and which ones do you like? And so we really kind of talked about that. And she just started naming all these different roles and companies and 
like, have you thought about this or how about that? And so she really kind of opened my eyes to more possibilities that I hadn't even dreamed of. Like, oh, I never thought about that. And, you know, she, why don't you talk to this person? And so she really kind of opened the door for me to see that there's a lot out there that I hadn't even given thought and just what those possibilities looked like. And she kind of pushed the momentum angle too. She's like, you know, what's your timing? And I said, I don't know. You know, we've kind of set aside a year for me to explore. And she just looked me straight in the eyes and she said, you do not take a year. She's like, you don't wait that long. (laughs) She's like, keep going. She's like, you need to do this now. I was like, okay, like, I'll do it. I'll listen to you. And she was just, just don't wait. Trust me, just don't wait. She's like, you've got the momentum, go. Okay. There's that momentum again. Exactly. And I left so energized after that lunch. So I think that was probably, you know, one of the most inspiring conversations that I had, just that don't wait. And here's all the things you can look at and the world's your oyster. Just go, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And she was, she was a cheerleader through the entire process. And if I'd get stuck, I'd send her. And she was very open about that too. You know, if you get stuck, shoot me a note and I'll push you. You know, she's like, whatever you need, I'm here. And so that really helped. And it just kind of that, that validation too, that what I was doing was, that I wasn't crazy that I'd get stuck, that everybody gets stuck. You need people in your corner to cheer you on. It it was a great conversation. That's amazing. It becomes evident as to why that was such a helpful conversation too, in terms of the exposure as well as all the challenges. And then on top of that, being able to understand some of those different places that you could be a fit. Because that's one of the things that you said you struggled with earlier is trying to see how what you do and what you have done and some of the things that you're great at and have experience in can translate into other areas. And we get so many people coming to us and asking for that exact same thing. But what people don't realize is that so much more of it, nearly every one of us realizes is actually translatable. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And that actually just reminded me of one of the other big things that that really kind of helped propel me forward was the, at one point we had to go and ask people in our life, colleagues and family and friends and people that have managed us, that we've managed and different people to give five characteristics of our, what they think our strengths are, which is a difficult thing to do, you know, to call and ask people these questions and it's kind of embarrassing and you feel a little, you know, like, oh, this, I just want them to say nice things about me. Yeah. And one of those things like, nope, just going to do it. Just going to ask and see what happens. And then collecting the list of the responses and looking at it was really interesting and eye-opening. The amount of crossover, and it was from people in all areas of my life, from people that I work for, people that worked for me, you know, my family, people that I just acquaintances or have done projects for, volunteer work. The similarities that came out in all of their responses (laughs) really were eye-opening and things I hadn't thought of, like things I didn't think about myself. Like, oh, really? Like, huh, okay. Like, that's an interesting, you know, like everybody talked about how approachable I am. That's came across in every single response. I just thought that was, you know, there are things I wouldn't have thought of on my own, you know, because it's hard to think about your positive. You know, I know I'm a hard worker. I know I am on time and I get jobs. You know, you can think those things, but coming up with going beyond that, it's hard sometimes to think that way about yourself. So it was really interesting to see the responses. And that helped to guide to where, okay, where are my strengths and my passions going to collide? And so it was just a really interesting kind of path to go down and see. And it was a great way to kind of look back. And, you know, when I would get stuck to go back and look at that, like, okay, these are, you know, that's right. These, you know, these are people in my life. Think these awesome things. I can do this. And so it was really encouraging part of the process, I think. 
as hard as it was to ask for those things, <laughs> it was a really great part of the process. Well, when you do other things that most people are unwilling to do, you get results that other people aren't going to get. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's some good evidence of that. And that's actually, you know, speaking of the momentum we mentioned several times earlier, that's one of the reasons why we with all of our students in any capacity, we build that in a lot of times into the beginning portion of the process because it creates some of those initial wins and a different lens to look at things through early on, which then does help carry you as you're getting into some of the latter stages. So I'm so glad that you experienced that as well. But here's the question that I have for you. Since you went through such a, such a range here, of going from, hey, you know, I'm in the mind space where I'm not sure if I'm ever going to find this flexibility again, so I don't <laughs> think I can do anything different, all the way to completely flipping it. And I'm going to decide what I actually want in my life, and then I'm going to go and get it, which is the polar opposite end of that. <laughs> For sure. What advice would you give to other people that are maybe closer to that fear type space where they're like, I'm not sure if like I've got a great not what I want necessarily, but it's a good thing going for myself. What advice would you give them to move past that so that they can experience what you've experienced with being able to decide what you're going to do and go and get it? It's a good question. I'd say to, again, celebrate those small steps and because every door is an opportunity. Every exchange is, is an opportunity. I look at it this and it, I still think about it too. You know, there's a chance that this, the role I'm in now could end up not working. And that was kind of scary too, but it's the process works. So I know I can do it again. And I don't want to think of anything as the end. You know, it's always a journey. It's always a process. And if this isn't the end, that's okay. It's, it's, it's still, a, it's an experience on my journey that's going to change me and shape me and open new doors that I didn't even think were possible. So I think just really understanding that, you know, there's things out there that you don't even know are possible until you start to take those steps. Because I seriously could not have envisioned this six months ago. You know, we had an exercise of, you know, create your perfect day. And I, I couldn't have envisioned this. I mean, I had ideas, but you know, there's no way I could have made this up at that time in my head. But each small step just really, it introduced me to another person that introduced me to another person or, you know, gave me an experience where I was able to say, oh, wow, I really enjoyed that, or I like doing this. So that's interesting. And just kind of pulling, learning something from every experience, every encounter, every exchange, and looking at it and just seeing what works and what fits. And kind of, I guess, being a curious learner along the way, it was really helpful to remember that this is a journey and that it's not an end. Our lives just keep moving forward. Every, you know, I look back and I look at all the things that I've done. I couldn't have imagined any of them, really. And so it's just remembering that it's not a road to an end. It's just all part of this, the journey, I think is helpful. And I would say, just ask, just do it. That was so counterintuitive to my own thinking at the time. <laughs> In what way? I never would have just asked. Like, oh, I can't ask for what I want. Why would I do that? If it's not available to me, why would I ask for something that's yeah. not available? And my coach just said, you know, just ask. Why not just ask? What are you going to do if you don't ask? And that kind of hit me. Like, if I don't ask, it's not going to go anywhere. And if I do ask and it doesn't go anywhere, it's still the same spot. So it's not going to hurt. And it was a very big change for me to just ask. And it's been incredible. I mean, I did just ask and, and it worked. And there are times I ask and I get a you know counter response, but it's a response that you can engage with then and it starts a conversation. So it's, it's never a bad thing to just ask. 
hearing no isn't an awful end of the road thing. It's an opportunity for a conversation, a chance to ask questions, you know, and a chance to, to turn, turn in a different direction, whatever it may be. So I think just ask and don't be afraid to ask. It's scary. It's terrifying because nobody likes rejection, <laughs> but to just be able to say it out loud and ask for what you want and not be afraid. I think, you know, once you do it a couple times, it gets a lot easier, but it's something everybody, I think if you just do it, just ask. And I think it'll, it opens just so many different doors. That's amazing. Uh, we have definitely found that when you ask for what you want, there are a surprising amount of times that you're more likely to get what you want. Yeah. And <laughs> funny, funny how that works. It is so funny how that works. <laughs> I love those simple types of logic, though, because those allow me to be able to move forward and do things like this. And you've done a phenomenal job here. And one of the things I hear all the time that I just want to commend you on because you didn't allow yourself to stay in that space. I hear people say, I'm not the type of person that asks for what I want. And you have, through this process, been able to become the type of person that asks for what you want. And there's so much buried in that that we're not going to be able to even get to or even touch here (laughs) in terms of what that journey actually looks like. And I know it's not easy. And I'm just so proud of you that you've gone through it and, and done such an amazing job. Really great work. Well, thank you. I do have to credit the program too. I mean, the way you guys have it laid out, it makes it, I don't want to say easy because it's not easy, but it makes it easier to move through the process because the steps are laid out such a way that it's clear and it really covers a lot of different bases. And so it just, it makes it easier. Just that extra support to help you move through the process. And it's an awesome program. Well, thank you very much. And thank you so much for taking the time and coming on and sharing your story. I know that so many people are going to listen to this and pick up different pieces that they haven't thought about before. So I appreciate you taking the torch and carrying it and helping people be able to do things differently than what they knew were possible. That is amazing. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem. And always happy to, if people want to reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to share advice or you know give encouragement. There are a lot of people in my life that pushed me along the way and opened doors and paid it forward. And I'm happy to do the same. I I think it's the community that we're in, high achieving job changers. It's an awesome community. And if we can help each other, I'm all for that. So open to doing that. Tomorrow, you're going to get to listen to a recording of the very first coaching session we did with Elizabeth. She had an ideal job leading a data analytics team, but it all fell apart when she got a new boss. And then we'll share even exactly how she made a transition later on. Tune in tomorrow, right here on Happen to Your Career.